if you find yourself at a roadblock, there's going to be a way around it. It's just try to think from a consumer's point of view. Welcome to Honesty Commerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct-to-consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honesty Commerce. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And today, I'm welcoming the show a guest I'm super excited to have here. We already got started talking and we had to stop ourselves because we were just having so much fun. Uh, welcoming to the show, Suzanne Lerner. She is the co-founder and CEO of Michael Stars. Uh, this brand has been going since before I was born. Uh, she's uh, seen this thing uh, go through three decades. Uh, she's got an amazing story. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I am so fine, Chase. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be on and have a conversation. Uh, absolutely. So uh, yeah, I, I guess let's, let's just go back to the beginning, to the founding of the brand. I think, uh, honestly, just the, starting a brand back in the 80s is probably just a world of difference than what, it, what it's like today. So can you kind of tell us about the, the inception and how kind of things quote unquote, got started? Sure. I, I actually think things could have been a lot easier in those days. I had an independent showroom. Um, started my career traveling around the world and ended up getting involved with an Indian woman in New Delhi and started a little clothing company, um, moved it to LA and within a year and a half I was out of business. So I, I just, I'd already found myself in the fashion industry. So I got a lot of different jobs, learned a lot from every job I was in. And in 1983 opened up a wholesale sales repping showroom. And in 1986, I had this little showroom and this very cute guy walked in the door with a South African accent and he had these screen printed t-shirts and he said it was called Michael Stars. And um, within four days, we were on our first date. Within 10 days after, we, I was repping his line and obviously very involved in the merchandising. And that's kind of how we started. They were just unisex blanks, which I know everybody's starting out in the business now. There's so many direct consumer sites that have that. And that's how we started out. Uh, and, he, and it just they just took off. It was insane. Buyers just walked by my little showroom and, and uh, we just flew. And within a couple of years, things got tough. So we started doing garment dyed t-shirts that did not have screen prints on them. And that's how we started. And we kind of created the one size t-shirt for women. That's amazing. It's it's kind of uh, just life is serendipitous, and uh, you know the people that you meet along the way can really make a, a large impact on your life. Uh, I believe the guy you met in your showroom made a larger impact on yours, right? Yeah, Michael Cohen. Um, we were married. He passed away six years ago, but we were married for over thirty years, and we lived and breathed the company. I mean, basically, we kind of talked about it. If you know, we were not into three ways, but that was like the third person in our bed every night that we constantly <laughs> talked about it and wherever we went. Um, you know, we used to do screen prints. We had a second home in, in Mykonos, Greece, and we used to sit there and be on the beach looking at screen prints. I would always have whatever dining room table house I was in, it was covered with colors, with color cards, because we were also known for our broad range of colors. At one point, we did 32 colors, uh, which is crazy now. We do like 18 now. 
But um, it was our passion. And I think that's what drives your business. And as entrepreneurs, that's that's what you are. That's a it's an amazing story. So I guess what what like stands out to you kind of uh, through the years of like how the landscape changed with uh, having a retail fashion brand and kind of the rise of e-commerce? Yeah, we were early adopters. I think we're trying to still figure it out. I think we were er, was the early 2000s, maybe 2001 or 2002. We started an e-com site. Uh, so we had a little it was a little business. Our, our big business was wholesale for many, many years. Um, and then we started seeing the landscape changing. We weren't quick enough to get on new systems. We didn't, you know, Shopify didn't exist. We went to Magento. We tried all different types of e-com sites. Um, and then uh, we ended up in Shopify about four years ago. But at that time, landscape had changed. People were going out of business. The specialty stores really couldn't afford the rent. The big department stores, basically, you sold your soul. So we really cared about our specialty stores and we cared about our consumers. So over the years, we had had 12 retail stores ourselves that we ran. But we began to see how the importance of e-com and influencer marketing was starting to happen. And not just Facebook, but you started seeing this, the opening uh, rounds of uh, Instagram and uh, and sites like that. So we decided to put more energy into e-com. We made it a mission. We um, got on Shopify a little over three years ago, which was a big process. And uh, we got a new digital marketing company that reflected more of the consumer base that we had. We had a great one before, but it just didn't target our consumer as well as it could have. And we decided to invest in it. So I was my own VC. I invested some of my savings. I didn't want partners. I didn't want a bank. I didn't want anybody telling me what I wanted to do. So we grouped together as a team at Michael Stars, and we've been doing it together. Business has been steadily increasing. So along with that is inventory levels, you know, how do we buy? What do we end up with in the end? But continuing to keep our wholesale business alive. Um, and last year when the pandemic hit, it was uh, obviously changed the whole landscape. And I stayed home instead of traveling. And uh, we started making masks one week into the lockdown. And our business in April just blew up because we had masks, which we gave away half and then other half we sold on our site. And we had a lot of work from home clothes, a lot of loungewear at the time. So we were perfectly positioned at that moment. We were always casual, um, but the customers just loved our product. So our business increased in 2020, 95% online. So it was a huge jump. So I invested in more marketing, more digital marketing, and our business was planned at a 35% increase this year. We are running year to date at 60. But it's a combination. No, it's the influencers. It's the authentic influencers who love our product that, that want to talk about us. Uh, I think it's what we've done for social impact and our philanthropy and activism, informing people of what's going on in the world and um, getting them to sign on to it. Um, and then we have an amazing art director that started with us three years ago. So we we retool the site. Our images are in uh, our models are intersectional. Our imagery looks really fantastic. We included social media on our e-com site. So all in all, it just exponentially improved, and customers found us. 
That's amazing. You just you shared so much, and there's three things that stand out to me, and I'll, and I'll try to remember them in order. So the first one that you brought up was uh, Shopify didn't exist, and then four years ago you made the transition, um, and it was a larger project than you necessarily anticipated. Um, I, can you share a little bit more about that? And I kind of what I want to show the audience is when you get to a certain size, uh, the 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 sh- switching cost is more than just like the cost per month of the server. Yeah. It's not just the server. It's, it's the, it's the, uh, it's, it was Shopify itself. It was thinking about how are we going to rebrand it? It was all the work entailed to retool it completely and reskin it. Um, we wanted a different look completely. We wanted it to be easier to shop. We wanted our imagery to be better. It all came hand in hand and we couldn't use our old imagery because it didn't reflect our brand. Um, and it impacted sales. So the nicer something looks online, the better. I mean, I'm still, I still look through it and all of a sudden I catch an image that I'm not, I don't love that ended up on the site. And I just, you know, quickly call people and say, you know what, let's switch out the image. So we do our best to really make sure the image reflects the brand. And that's a hard thing to do. You've got to find the right photographer who can do it. You've got to decide if you're going to do flat shots of the product or you're going to do it with a model. We still do a lookbook five times a year, which is a heavy expense, but we love the way it looks on our site. We want our landing pages to look good. We want to really reflect who we are and uh, the woman that we sell to. So yeah, it took a lot of work and it's a lot of strategy and planning and you better be there for the meetings. And when they tell you to be on calendar, you got to make a decision by a certain time. Sometimes that's hard to do because you don't know what to do. But you've got to go with your gut. It's a lot of it is just going with your beliefs. What you really, who you really think your customer is. You can do all the data in the world and the statistics and look at a list track and oh, this is the age of our customers. But you've really got to know in your heart who it is. Absolutely. Uh, it, you know, the, the one thing is kind of when we're doing big projects, big redesigns like that, we like from the get go, we go like, honestly, like a delay by one day on your end is probably a delay on two days on our end. It's like, that's why those, those deadlines are so important. Uh, just cause you know, we all want to get it done because you, you're putting so much effort into the thing. You just what you want to see it work. Mm-hmm. And then, um, it, you know, what we find is like, uh, Honestly, just like rebranding, redesigning a website and having it done by like a UX team that knows e-commerce, the results are just you know fantastic. Just doing that, like really, honestly, like helps people get amazing wins. You were talking earlier before we got on got on about how uh, your conversion rate is something that you kind of not necessarily like to brag about, but you you guys you guys think you're in good shape there. We, uh, we I kind of said to my director of e-commerce, I said, "What is a good conversion rate?" She says, "Well, for a lot of companies, it's over one." And we've been running for the last 18 months over three average. So we're really getting response. That's a it's that's, loaded question. I, and I mean, that's incredible. We're excited. Our AOV has gone up. The number of people that check out our site. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's super exciting. Those are the three numbers that our agency kind of cares about is sessions, average order value, and conversion rate. That's kind of what we tie every project back to is those three numbers. And it's like, are we going to impact those things? Those are kind of like North Stars on all the projects. Um, but yeah, going back to your question, like what is a good conversion rate? Um, it's honestly, it's very specific to like the brand itself. It's like, how expensive is your product? You got a luxury product, you're going to have a lower conversion rate. Uh, you know, you got a few products versus like a marketplace type setting, like your conversion rate is going to be lower, but your traffic might be higher. There's all sorts of things. So like asking like, what is a good conversion rate is like 
the wrong question. And it's like often people try to compare their conversion rate of their store in their niche to someone else that's you know, and it's it's a it's not a good activity. Like there's so much different and it's just like not worth it. Yeah. I guess compared to those fluffy dog beds that that are like flying out every single person I have like three, it's very different than buying a white t-shirt or buying a gauze dress. So perhaps it's the contemporary fashion market that runs that three is really great at. I think, um, yeah, fashion definitely. It's well. Also, think about it, it's a little bit more uh, an industry of like uh, an impulse buy versus something that you're going to put some research into, you know. And often that does kind of translate over to price points as well. Um, but there's just so many factors that go into it. So I guess anyone that's listening and they're getting like caught up and like concerned, like my conversion rate isn't as good as my my competitor. Uh, it's just that's not the activity to like worry about. It's like okay, just worry about yourself. How can you make yours better? Mm. Um, Okay, so the the second thing that I wanted to ask you about, and you again, we, we had a great conversation before this, before we got on this podcast, uh, was you kind of mentioned that you reinvested back into the business yourself. You didn't take on any partners, um, and you also had a, a a bold stance earlier that I 100% agree on. Is like you don't need to sell your company; that doesn't have to be your end goal. So let's talk about kind of just the business side of things and why you've made some of the choices you've made. You know, I just I've had an innate feeling about fashion and business. I worked as a secretary when I was in high school. I worked for a lot of companies, temp, and then I had those years of working in the apparel industry. So I just had a real feeling about what I felt I wanted to do. But really, every day I just go forward with new ideas. I wake up at three o'clock in the morning and I just go forward. Sometimes I'm making the wrong decision, but I'm making a decision. So I just, just go forward every day, putting one step in front of another and try to factor in my team as much as possible because they have better ideas than me, um, especially more of the younger people out there. I am learning so much. I'm learning all about this drop business of special items being on drops. And we have an exciting, exciting new initiative that we're working on now, which depending on when you're putting this out to the public, I can probably talk about it now. But we we started with these screen printed T-shirts in the mid 80s. And um, I just went back to find them. And I'm seeing now a lot of things in the 80s happening. Obviously, people are loving screen printed T-shirts. And we decided to go back and do it as a drop, just direct to consumer. And we have an old food truck we've converted to a tea boutique. And it's going to be traveling all around Southern California, along with partners like coffee shops and farmers markets and boutiques that we sell to. Uh, And it's really, I'm going to be happy if it takes off. But if it doesn't, I'm looking at it as a brand opportunity for people to rediscover the brand. Uh, you know, we do business with with the box people. So we do a lot of business with Stitch Fix, which is a really great business. We built it over the years. So some of you who are, have that capability, they are great people to work with. They've been wonderful partners. And what I realized was it was branding, not only being able to make money on a wholesale level, but the amount of customers that are like, rediscovering this brand. I mean, we're almost 35 years old. How do we get people to understand we're we're with it, quote unquote, we're on trend, um, that our quality lasts forever, that we're really sustainable, that we care about the issues they care about. It's through those type of boxes that then they'll get on our website and read about what we're doing. And it's funny because some of our customers are like, oh my God, Michael Stars, I love that brand. They're still in my closet. My daughter went off to college and raided my closet and took a half a dozen of my t-shirts. So I said, that's the true, for me, definition of sustainability. 
because fashion ends up in landfill and fast fashion especially. So trying to impart that concept of that you might pay a little bit more, but you've got your t-shirt for 20 years. Yeah, that's something that I uh, always struggle with. Finding the perfect men's blank is probably like uh, a struggle that most (laughs) male listeners are probably experiencing right now. Uh, I'm a simple guy. I just want black t-shirts, but heck, I have yet to find one that, uh, that'll last, uh, you know, and it's, it's, there's a lot of, a lot of competition out there. If you're struggling with scaling your sales, maybe electric guy can help. Our team has helped our clients generate millions of dollars in additional revenue through our unique brand scaling framework. You can learn more about our agency at electriceye.io. That's E-L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Y-E.io. Mesa is the easiest way to integrate any top e-commerce app or service with your online store. Designed exclusively for Shopify and Shopify Plus, Mesa's automated workflows can get back your time spent on repetitive tasks while growing your business at the same time. Join other merchants that have embraced the simplicity of Mesa's no-code approach to building workflows. You can create new ways to improve customer engagement, encourage repeat purchases without lifting a finger, reduce manual data entry, and more through a simple point-and-click interface. And with Black Friday Cyber Monday planning around the corner, now is the time to ask the question, is my online store prepared? Optimizing every step in the shopping experience is the only way to create a lifelong customer Get Mesa and capitalize on one of the biggest e-commerce events of the year. Search Mesa in the Shopify app store and download the app today. Our partner Rewind can protect your Shopify store with automated backups of your most important data. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Trusted by over 80,000 businesses, from side hustles to the biggest online retailers like Gymshark, Gatorade, and Movement Watches. Best of all, merchants like you can get one month of automated Shopify backups for free by visiting rewind.io slash honest. That's R-E-W-I-N-D dot I-O slash H-O-N-E-S-T. Hey everybody, do you want to win back valuable lost time for your support team? Gorgeous has machine learning functionality that takes the pressure off small support teams and gives them the tools to manage a large number of inquiries at scale, especially during the holiday season. Gorgeous combines all your different communication channels like email, SMS, social media, live chat, and even phone into one platform and gives you an organized view of all of your customer inquiries. Their powerful functionality can save your support team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze. They have allowed online merchants to close tickets faster than ever with the help of pre-written responses integrated with customer data to increase the overall efficiency of customer support. Their built-in automations also free up time for support agents to give better answers to complex product-related questions, providing next-level support, which helps increase sales, brand loyalty, and recognition. Eric Brandholtz, the founder of Beard Brand, says, We're a seven-figure business, and we have essentially one person on customer support and experience. It's impossible to do it without tools like Gorgeous to help us innovate. Learn how to level up your customer support by speaking to their team here. Visit gorgeous.grsm.io slash honest. That's G-O-R-G-I-A-S dot G-R-S-M dot I-O slash H-O-N-E-S-T. Businesses are the most successful when they own their own data, customer relationships, and their growth. 
That's why more than 50,000 e-commerce brands, big and small, trust Klaviyo to deliver their ideal customer experience. Klaviyo is the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for online brands of all kinds and all sizes. With email automation, SMS marketing, list growth tools, and more, you'll get everything you need to build strong relationships that keep your customers coming back. If you're tired of relying too heavily on paid advertising or third-party marketplaces for your sales success, you're not alone. It's time to take back control of the customer experience. More and more online businesses are moving to Klaviyo to grow higher value customer relationships through personalized email and SMS marketing. And the results are staggering. Ready to drive future sales and higher customer lifetime value with a marketing platform built for your long-term growth? You should get a free trial of Klaviyo over at klaviyo.com slash honest. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash H-O-N-E-S-T. And then the the final thing that you said during uh, that kind of long discussion uh, was about the philanthropy. And we, we, we touched on it a little bit here, but I, I really want to highlight it now. So uh, you guys have uh, done an amazing thing over there. And I'm going to, the floor is yours. Let's talk about it now. Oh, well, we started a long time ago. You know, I was always a political activist in high school. Um, I did reverse busing back to a intersectional black high school and um, spent almost five years traveling around the world. So I met so many different people. I learned about so many different cultures and and realized that we're, we're all the same. It's just where we're born. And so when I came back, Michael and I talked about it. Well, this is actually well after I came back. But we talked about what we wanted to do to make a difference. So we thought about our customer base, which was women and young women. And so we wanted to reflect that. So we started funding Women Thrive, which was an organization that I was sitting on the board of that helped train women in advocacy around the world in the global south. Um, we started working with Step Up, which was a mentoring organization. We worked with Joyful Heart, Mariska Hagerty's organization about uh, survivors of sexual trauma. Um, so we wanted to really relate it to our customers. And so we did like that. We used to see things in the newspaper. I'd clip them out and we'd write a check. Uh, and then we decided we really thought we'd want a foundation. So we, our foundation's over 15 years old. And the goal was is to reach these women and um, to help people understand it. We kind of were doing it privately. I mean, when a crisis would happen, if there was an earthquake or whatever, we'd get involved. Um, personally, like I was involved. I mean, I'm going to Haiti for 11 years and, and traveling around places to hopefully make a difference traveling internationally. But the company, people didn't know. So when social media really started taking off, we started thinking, what can we do? Um, I have to say a couple of years back when there was problems with reproductive choice in Georgia, I had always really tried to be very nonpartisan because I believe in that. I really believe in bipartisanship. But I woke up again in the middle of the night and thought, I can't do this anymore. Myself as a person really cares about issues and cares about racial and gender equity and that I couldn't keep silent on Michael Stars anymore. So uh, we started posting and started talking more about the issues. And the response was unbelievable. I, and I began to realize that my people were out there, but they didn't know what we were doing. And we did have a few detractors. But what was interesting was is our own consumer base and community wrote back to those people. So there were exchanges on Instagram that we didn't even get involved in. It was it was people supporting our vision that were our consumers. So I'm sure we lost some customers, 
But um, in the end, it's what I felt like was the right thing to do. Um, trying to build this community who are empathetic and compassionate, but might not know where to go, might not understand that there is even an issue, you know, like childcare. A lot of our customers know it, but some of them really don't. Um, and what the world's going through. So I wanted to bring those issues to a head and also talk to them about these small grassroots organizations that are so important because I do believe the change happens from the ground up. And a lot of these are so small, people haven't heard about them and want to give them an opportunity to kind of shine and get to know it. So last uh, December, 2019, <clears throat> I sit on the board of the ERA Coalition trying to get the Equal Rights Amendment passed in this country. So if anybody doesn't know, no, we are not in the Constitution and they're not equal rights. Uh, Gloria Steinem, the esteemed Gloria Steinem, and I talked and said, let's do something to support women of color building voter registration. So there were three organizations we chose and we shot a video the day before I was rushed out of New York. Lockdown was a week later. We shot a video and we ended up um, in July, promoting it with a T-shirt with Gloria's icon image. And by then I was making masks with these really cute Gloria and vote um, imagery on it. And we got millions of hits and viewers from it. So those three organizations got known more. Um, people understood what we stood for. Uh, and I think it's helped make a difference in our business. At every angle you come to from the business, you have to have the right product. You have to have the right imagery and you have to stand for something. You have to have a mission and a belief system that shines through the product because that's what people care about buying. Uh, I did have somebody who said to me, I never knew if I had known that you were this involved with gender equality and helping women, I would have bought more of your t-shirts. So it really does, the company does reflect you. And that's how I think people have to think about it every day. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's something that, Oft, I, I bet often people, they want to toe the line. They, they want to stay in line, I guess, is what you want to say. Like a very famous example of this would be uh, Michael Jordan back in the 90s. Uh, and he, the famous quote, like, Republicans buy shoes too, because he wouldn't come out in support of Gantt. Um, you know, and that was his choice. He, he didn't believe himself an activist. And, you know, that's, that's the way that he wanted to do it. But with you, your choice was, I'm going all in on this. And it actually, you know, gave a deeper connection to your community. Uh, and you came out ahead with it. You know, you guys are, are doing fantastic things. And the, you know, relationship that you have with your customers is now better because of the choices that you make. So I guess what I want to highlight here is just be your authentic mm -hmm. self. Totally true. And I want to say it's not just your community online. It's your team in the office. We have 106 people. We're 84% women. Uh, we're completely intersectional. And they care as much as me. And we just hired a new priority on board, a senior vice president. And these people come on board because of who I am, what the company represents. And they don't want to work for big corporations anymore. They want to work for companies that will make a difference. So it's even within your hiring, once you get big enough to start bringing people on board, you're going to be hiring the people that have as much passion as you about not just your product, but how you think. Um, it helps form that community within your office every single day. 
Oh yeah, I just, the company culture. It, everyone that works at our agency, you know, uh, different you know walks of life and all that stuff. Uh, our belief system is pretty pretty in common, and, and what we are all, all are passionate about, and like the type of work we want to produce, the type of businesses that we want to work with, uh, and just what we want to work on and put out into the world. Uh, everyone's aligned, and I think uh, that's the only way to really build a, a long term business is just making sure that you know, not necessarily the sense of a family. I think that gets taken a little bit overboard at times because of there's a lot of stuff I've seen out there people taking advantage of people because oh we're a family but it's it's more like it, being aligned with your incentives and what you guys want to do together it, it makes it just so much funner more fun it's literally more fun to work with people that you agree with totally values align you know a funny story my husband loved people that work for us and we got too, we had too many employees and business got tough I think it was maybe 2009 and we had to lay off a lot of people it was the most difficult thing because we were so inflated with people because we didn't ever want to fire anybody. Nobody ever wanted to leave. Um, and we loved everybody. I mean, we literally did. We still have people been working for us for like 25 years. So, uh, it was a, that was the hardest thing ever. And so every time we have to go in, you know, in a period of a company, we probably had three big layoffs over, over 30 years. It happens. Your business shifts. You know, you have great business and then things get tough, but you have to survive it. Uh, the people that we had to uh, put on furlough and it was, it was so hard and they were sympathetic to me because they knew how tough it was for me to make this decision. It was so unbelievable that they were compassionate towards me and I was having to fire them, um, and let them go, not fire, but just to let them go. So, um, it just, it really is who you are every single day. And, you know, sometimes you're grumpy, like I was yesterday with some people. And, you know, I've sent an apology because I recognize in myself who I am. Because, you know, you have so much drive and passion that sometimes if you don't see something the way you want it, you could lose it because it's like you need something, need something. And it's just not the right way to behave. It isn't like I scream and yell, but um, I, frustration, frustration comes through. So you have to really really dig down and see yourself and understand the issues you have personally that they're going to reflect on your company. Absolutely. Um, now, before we go, is there anything that you want to share with our listeners that are thinking about getting started or you know, they, they've just gotten started uh, you know, with their journey into you know, building a brand and getting into e-commerce? First of all, get your plan. You really need almost a three-year plan to think about how you are going to run your business. What if you succeed? And then figure out the items you're going to have, believe in them, test them on friends. But you better have the next item down the road because it's a continuation of products. So to be long lasting, that's a really key uh, item that I think you should think about. Uh, and I think you could do it yourself. It's just how hard you work. And it is really living and breathing. No, there's no vacations. There's no, I think I'm going to go off to a coffee shop for two hours. You're really tethered to your business. But it should bring you joy. And that's what I want to talk about in the end is being joyful, being happy, being able to have a company that has that in their DNA. Uh, and it just makes it better for everybody. It makes your life better and everybody around you. And people pick that, pick that up. So I would say good luck on your journey and um, just keep sticking with it. If you find yourself at a roadblock, there's going to be a way around it. It's just... Try to think from a consumer's point of view. Yeah, that's amazing. It, it definitely is. It's just 
find something i think which is with entrepreneurship is like whatever excites you and makes you happy just double down on it and you'll find a way to make it profitable i agree and i have to say even if in the end it doesn't work you've gained more than you've lost from the whole thing i have been fired from jobs i have had products and companies have gone out of business and very luckily i've had those experiences which has helped michael star survive because that was my background so having other jobs, having a second job, networking constantly, connecting with people. I, I go on LinkedIn and I find there's somebody interesting. I link in. Uh, I learn so much from other people. So keep yourself open to new opportunities and new relationships. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on today, Suzanne. Uh, if anyone is curious about the products, go to michaelstars.com. You click on the About page, you'll learn all about the philanthropy that we were talking about before. Uh, any parting words uh, before we go? <laughs> I don't think so. Chase, have a great day. Thank you so much. <laughs> have a good day, everybody. <laughs> All right. I can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own business. You can find all the links in the show notes. Make sure you head over to honestecommerce.co to check out all of the other amazing content that we have. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review. And obviously, if you're thinking about growing your business, check out our agency at electriceye.io. Until next time.